Jay. I'm Wes. And I'm Frankie. Thank you for listening to the Grill Coach Podcast. Oh, yes, it's about that time to light it up and go outside. We're chilling, grilling up sides and drinks, rubs and recipes and cooking techniques. Outdoor cooking, grilling, smoke and barbecue. So much flavor to teach and learn and share with you. Grill Coaches Podcast, level up your game with Frankie Wes and Jay. Hey guys, welcome to the Grill Coach Podcast. Welcome to the show today. I'm here with Wes and Frankie. What's happening, guys? Hello, hello, hello. Howdy, guys. Man, man, it's it's insert spooky music here. It's barbecue horror stories for 2021. <laughs> Uh, confession barbecue horror stories was my favorite episode last year all right it, it, it's it, it's probably the one that we can learn from the most <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah but you know it's not no, no shame in anybody's game we all got our horror stories and we share them throughout the year but you know it's uh it's good to learn from so before we get started i want to thank our sponsor bear mountain barbecue and you know we've been using their pellets we appreciate you know the love that they have shown the show and then even they're going to be giving somebody six months worth of pellets that you get to choose what flavors you want and all of that and and even i got we're going to announce the winner of that at the end of the show today so keep listening and let's see if you'll be that lucky winner to get six months worth of pellets and then uh now let's get into our highlights we got Frankie's going to go up first today. Frankie? Awesome, Jay. Let's see. This week, uh, I definitely had another learning moment, and I think it's perfect for the episode because uh, I had a little mini rib disaster this past weekend. Um, mini, mini rib disaster? Like like multiples or like, like small ribs? <laughs> Multiple. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Uh, so we had... Uh, had Daniel's brother came into town, and we uh, had went out to lunch. Or, you know, or when it was lunch and we were like, okay, well, what are we going to do for dinner? And they were like, oh, you know what? Daniel's been craving ribs. They were like, let's do ribs. And I'm like, okay, but it's going to be a late, you know, dinner as long as we're all prepared for that. Um, so like, yeah, they're like, fine. Yeah, no problem. So I get uh, two racks of ribs uh, and I was, uh, I was like, okay, well, you know what? I'll do, I'll hang, I'll hang one rack because, uh, you know, that'll be faster. And so, you know, we won't be eating dinner at. 10 30. Uh, yeah, and so then, you decided at lunch yeah. that you're going to have <laughs> ribs for dinner. Yeah. So that was it, the first time. That's not, it's not feeling comfortable. I don't know about you, Wes, but it's just, ooh. That's, uh, yeah, that's that's getting pretty close to the wire there. Yeah. yeah. It's that Spanish I, I think I see lesson. where this is going. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, sorry for the interruption. Go ahead. No. So, uh, so one rack was going to go on the, the pit barrel. I was like, okay, that'll cook faster, at least, you know, no problem. And I was like, well, you know, let's do, I want to do one on the, the, the Ranger as well. And I know that'll take, you know, obviously much longer, but that'll be like a little midnight snack. No problem. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I get the ones on the trigger going, and then I am going to light my fire for the pit barrel. And I still have not bought fire starters. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. So I'm wow. still my, but because the bag has been working, no problem. I was like, whatever. If it's not in my mind, I'll, I'll just keep using the, you know, the bag, the charcoal bag to light the fire. I like that style, I Frankie. I'm, I'm with you. If it's not broke, I'm not in a hurry to fix it. I agree. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, but I've been only, I haven't used the pit barrel. I've been using the, the, the kettle. So I was the, um, so I'm going to light the charcoal. I'm following all the, you know, the instructions for the pit barrel or, you know, take half of the, the basket and put it in your, uh, chimney that's designed for the pit barrel and then, you know, light it for seven minutes and then put it in there and you're ready to go. Uh, so I cannot get this charcoal to light, like for the life of me. I've spent like, I keep going back. I like the little ball. I put, put it on and walk away and like, I'll come back in seven minutes. Usually it's no problem at all. (laughs) Over and over it's, it happened like four or five times. And I'm like, what the hell is going on? So I'm like, okay, I'm just going to stay out here and see what is the problem. Uh, And I was like holding it up because to keep the fire going. And then I realized that the chimney is like obviously shorter compared to the one on the kettle. But the like rings on the bottom, there's like less space on the bottom. So as I'm putting down the chimney, I'm like smothering the ball. So the ball's not oh, igniting. Wow. And then the chimney, and then so the, the, the charcoal's not lighting. And so once I got it figured out, okay, I'm like, fine, let's go. I put it in there. Obviously, it didn't light well enough because I go back, I check, I go to like hang my ribs and just like really nasty smoke coming out. Oh, like, I don't know what's going on. So finally, I get it cleared up a little bit, put the ribs in. And I walk away and come back to check in on 15 minutes just to kind of see what's going on. And uh, still a lot of smoke coming out. And I'm like, you know what? I just I don't feel right. Uh, and so I finally put um, a thermometer in there to, to see. Maybe I'm like, maybe it's just not hot enough. You know, maybe the tricol didn't light. And it didn't. It was only like, it was like less than 200 degrees. Uh, so I was like, this is not what's supposed to be happening. So adjusted accordingly. Um, but still, I don't, I think the temperatures were all over the place. And these ribs were just like super tough. Like. They were not the most delicious ribs I've eaten. And they took longer. So we did eat at eat dinner at like 1030 at night. <laughs> but so the, the ones on the, the Traeger came out good. <laughs> I was say, the, the Ranger ribs were okay, I imagine. The Ranger ribs are good too. But I, I was being like a little lazy too. So I didn't trim them. I should have cut them a little shorter because they were not long enough to go from, or they were too long to go from top to like up and down. So I had to put them on a diagonal. Uh, and so, like, just the edges got a little burnt, but <laughs> lessons learned for next time. <laughs> wow, man, that was a, it seemed like it was a, something that shouldn't have been too bad, but uh, yeah, it was, a, it was a lot of little things going on there. Just compounded, yeah. snowballed. Kept going. The, yeah. And yeah, all the white so- claws didn't help either. <laughs> <laughs> all right, we need to put that together. White claw rib recipe. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, you know what? We're going to have a, a, a first ever for the grill coach here. Uh, we have a combined highlight. So oh, yeah. my buddy Wes came to Atlanta and we together went to Rodney Scott's barbecue. He was coming to my city and there was all these sort of places that I really wanted to show him. And I just was tossing and tossing, trying to figure out where to take him. And just, you know, give him a great experience and something that he hasn't experienced before. So Rodney Scott's barbecue for me was it's not what I would think barbecue is just because I didn't grow up on that barbecue. And it is distinctly a different region. And it is like I feel like the South Carolina style. So that ultimately was the decision why I chose I'm going to take him here. And we're going to sort of experience this other style together. And um, Wes, man, what what did you think? So I, I have to say before, 
you had suggested a couple other places before, and I and I said, "Am I going to?" Uh, uh, I was like, "Would you be blown away by the place?" I remember asking you, "Would you be blown away by this place?" And and I don't even remember. I don't even remember the first place you suggested, but you're like, "No, no, I wouldn't." I said, "Okay, I don't want to go there." Then you pick you pick something else, and so. I, I was a little dubious when you suggested Rodney Scott's because I'm like, Carolina Barbecue in Atlanta? I'm like, what are we doing? Like, shouldn't we have, you know, Georgia regional barbecue or Atlanta appropriate food? But no, the it the restaurant was very clean, very nice. We got there a little bit early anticipating kind of a crowd. We we went on an off day. We went on like a Thursday, right? Yeah, it was it was something like that. And we yeah, we got there and I was like Man, there's one car in the parking lot. <laughs> yeah. It's like, like red flag. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> but you know, it, it was uh very clean. They we we got uh we ordered a sampling. We kind of toured the menu a little bit, got as much of a variety as we we thought we should, you know, just Yeah, so we got a main plate was brisket, pulled pork and pulled chicken. Um and then we got a pound of ribs, a pound of spare ribs, uh, a couple sides, right? Um, potato the, salad, and the and the beans, baked beans. Mm-hmm. And then we got we the got, the hush puppies, hush puppies, yeah. And then the cracklings, and and the, yeah, the Ooh. homemade cracklings, <laughs> which were absolutely divine. <laughs> those those were incredible. So so let's just talk about that one real quick, because to me, uh, you know, I've always had cracklings, you know, the ones in the bag, they're super dry and, you know, sort of stale and, you know, they're fun and they're crunchy and this and that. And you can eat those. And, you know, so that's almost like when they serve you this, it's in a basket and you see that same thing. But I feel like after you get that crunch and then it like it almost sort of changes texture in your mouth and then you get that like sort of unctuous pork fat you know and just the flavor from the pork fat in it it's just o- over over the top yeah this was absolutely incredible yeah those were definitely one of the highlights of that that meal for sure yeah, yeah. and they it, so they cooked the whole hog in the restaurant and they're making these in the restaurant and that was like game changing different yeah, and and what you said earlier is when they brought that over, I'm like, okay, pork rinds, cool. I've had these, right? Baconettes, you know, the hot and spicy. Yeah, you know, yeah. They had a little red dust sauce too, you know, or red dust on them, you know, like yeah, yeah look normal. Yeah, but they were not that at all. They were very much, much, much better. Should I go there and just order those next time? <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't I think be sad. Yeah, I was going to say, that would be appropriate. (laughs) And we got, uh, we ended up getting a couple beers, too. We got the... uh, Tall, dark, and smoky. Thank you. That was uh, Rashid's beer from the uh, Great American Barbecue Showdown. Oh, no way. Yeah. And uh, I think, think, Jay, you you, uh, posted that on our Instagram and tagged him, and he responded right away. So you know what that means. He's he's a lock now for the show. We got to get him on the show. Agreed. Rashid, we got to get you on the show. And that that beer was from Pontoon Brewing. That was excellent, by the way. You don't see too many smoked porters on menus, at least where I'm from. 
So I thought that was a good, very appropriate barbecue beer. What'd you think, Jay? Uh, you know, I, I just, I, I felt like it was, you know, comforting and just tasty. Usually a lot of times the porters and things like that are real heavy to me. And, you know, they kind of turn me off. But but this one was, it felt like it was just like easy drinking. And it, it went great with pork cracklings. <laughs> <laughs> Were the cracklings and, and, your favorite? Uh, you know. They were up there. I mean, right, right, real with the real quick with the cracklings. Just let me skip to like almost towards the end, right? They're cleaning up and the service was great. I mean, these people in the restaurant is, you know, whatever you need, you know, making sure we're taking care. And so there was a there was a few cracklings in the basket and, you know, like he reached for it. And I, I kind of like reach out there real quick. Like, whoa, don't take those, you know, <laughs> like. So, but what he did, man, he came back like with a whole nother scoop of more cracklings and put them in there. I was yeah. like, oh, this is good, this man. Is awesome. <laughs> so, so, all right. So we can keep going back through the, you know, through the experience. So Wes, go ahead. So the proteins came, we got the three meat platter with the pound of ribs on the side. And we got our, you know, our two sides with that. I don't want to talk too much about the two sides. They were great, but they weren't, you know. That weren't wasn't why we were there. True. So we got the brisket. I mean, we we were there. We got to we got to get the brisket right. Smoked brisket, yeah. the um, pulled pork and the pulled chicken and the spare ribs. I thought that was very you know okay. This is a good benchmark to cross section. You know, yeah, yeah. There there were other things on the menu that we had considered, but we thought this would probably be the most appropriate. There was a problem, though, when we did order the brisket. What was the problem? They didn't ask me the question, man. Do you want lean or fatty? We did. Yeah, we talked about this at the table. <laughs> it was like, <laughs> red flag. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so so I, I can even just say, so first off, the brisket was unimpressive. It, I mean, it w- was not. I never really heard South Carolina barbecue and brisket anyways. I almost felt like they needed to put brisket on the menu because it is a major metropolitan city and you have to, you know, and, and even in the South, I see them overusing the word brisket everywhere. Just like in California, they would overuse the word tri-tip everywhere, you know? So (laughs) (laughs) it's like brisket enchiladas, brisket breakfast burritos. And I'm like, man, this is just like roast beef or something. I don't know if that's brisket. (laughs) So, so I think it's like, he's like, I got to have a brisket on the menu. And so he did, you know, and it was, it was tender. Right? Yeah, it, it it was tender. Uh, I would not say it was the best thing on that plate, though, on that platter. You would not say it was the best thing on it. I think your grammar is messed up there. Yeah, it probably is. <laughs> it wasn't. Uh, it wasn't my favorite. Let's just say that. <laughs> four out of four. <laughs> four out of four meats. Yeah. So moving on to what did we try next? We tried the chicken next. The- yeah, the, so I'm I, I'm not a big fan of shredded chicken and, and and anything like that. So we asked the the server or the was the hostess or whoever was taking the order. Uh, yeah. I was kind of on the fence about either the turkey or the chicken. We we asked her. I'm like, well, what would you recommend? And she, you know, said the you know the appropriate answer. Oh, they're both good, right? And then I asked good her, good company well, girl. Yeah, good company. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, good toe the line right there. And then I, then I asked her, I said, well, which one would you choose? She says, oh, I would, I would pick the chicken. I'm like, all right, cool. We'll get the chicken. So, but we didn't know it was pulled chicken, 
right? No. It just that's just one of the meats. So we don't know if it's chicken thighs, legs, what. Right. Oh, okay. Yeah, and I had imagined it being, you know, maybe a a a couple of chicken thigh or a chicken thigh and a drum or something. Yeah, I, I didn't know what porter, to ex- Yeah, didn't know right? what to expect. Yeah. So when we got kind of a, you know, good sized scoop of pulled chicken, uh yeah, I mean that was a pleasant surprise. I, I kinda like that presentation for barbecue chicken. I wasn't impressed. You weren't impressed with that? I thought that I, was a Dude, I don't like pulled chicken, man. I, I just oh. don't, you know what I mean? That's, you just that's didn't not like my it thing, on man. principle. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, I, I, I'm always, I'm the type of person, I want my chicken on the bone. You know, it's like, I'm not a chicken tender or strip guy, whatever. I want my chicken off the bone. So mm-hmm. I was disappointed when I saw that. No nuggets for you either, huh? <laughs> <laughs> you could always put a space for nuggets. <laughs> that's not chicken anyways. <laughs> So what was your impression when you tried it, though? Holy smokes, it was so good. (laughs) (laughs) It was just tender, flavorful, and it was just, I mean, just happiness in your mouth. Like, it was so good. And I I was so shocked. And I remember even when we did it, like, we almost ate up all the chicken before even going to anything else. <laughs> yep. And this is about the time when we busted out the sauce. Well, at least I busted out the sauce. Yeah, even before the sauce. I liked it before the sauce. And then Wes yeah. was like, you got to try this sauce. So talk about this sauce for a minute. It's not sauce like I would have thought it would be when, when we got there. He had a he had three sauces on the table. Yeah. And... He had his original, then he had his other sauce, and then he had, um, it was kind of a sweeter sauce. It had somebody's name on it. Do you recall which? No, I don't remember that one. No. Well, the best it was a one... woman's sauce. Like, we thought maybe it was like his wife or his mom. It was a female name. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah, Becky's sauce or something. I don't know. Something like that. But they were very thin, ultra thin sauce, like almost watery sauces. Yeah, which absolutely, which, which I was not prepared for. I saw these. I thought first impression. I saw this. I picked up the bottle. I thought somebody diluted this to try and get maximum <laughs> maximum mileage out of this sauce. I was like, well, I'm looking at the other sauces on the table to make sure that you know it wasn't just this one, right? But. Was it, it was like, wild. It was wild. The The sauce isn't like anything I've ever tasted in my life. It was... Do you recall back when we had... Um, was Ashley, Ashley Thompson. Yeah, Ashley Thompson. And he described the Carolina sauce with the vinegar. It was just almost straight vinegar, right? And some other yep. spices. Vinegar, pepper, and like pepper pepper flakes. It was like... No, nothing to balance it. No sweeteners. No, nothing like that. And it was just like, and and the, the thing I thought about it was like just watery. You know, that's all it's going to be. And and that's exactly what this was. It seemed to be vinegary, peppery, uh, very peppery. And I think, uh, I, I think Rodney Scott loves black pepper. Because that seemed to be the through line through each one of his sauces and each one of his seasonings. Is I could just distinctly taste black pepper through everything. And and I got to tell you, I'm a fan. I love black pepper myself. So, 
But the, going back to that sauce, it was intensely peppery, vinegary, and oh so appropriate on that chicken. It took that chicken from great to next level for me. It was just... <laughs> Yeah, it was so, so very good. It was just like, I mean, it, my mouth is watering thinking about it, you know, right now. So good. It's just, it's just like the, the bite that it was. And, uh, the, I, we were told that the chicken was sort of like marinated in this. And when they pull it, they like mix it up with the sauce. And then, so when you throw some more sauce on top of that, it almost seems like it's, it's really counterintuitive to me because I'm never a sauce guy. I'm always like the meat needs to stand alone. And even though I did like the meat alone, but this sauce now, you know, you have to be careful because it'll run all over the plate, you know, but you know, if you catch it right, you know, it, it's like those chicken that pull chicken, it just sucks it all up, you know, and, mm-hmm. and, and you just catch it in that bite. And uh, man, this is so very good. And then we moved on to the ribs, right? Yep. Yep. Ribs are next. what do you think of the ribs? You know, I, I, I was still so impressed with the chicken. I feel like I was a little like a little downturn with the ribs. Did you ever think but, you would say something like that? No, not no. at all. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> but but it was like, especially with those ribs, I found it was like another good vehicle for that sauce. You know, it was just like, give me more of that <laughs> sauce with these ribs. It, yeah. It, it's And it just, it just... Again, it just turned something that was sort of like, yeah, it's okay to like, man, this is really good. I, I thought the ribs were really nice and smoky. I got a lot of smoke flavor from those ribs. Yeah, I would agree there. Yep. And and, they, and I think they had a real nice bark on them too, you know, that it was sort of like a crunchy type bark. Uh, and it was the whole full spare rib. So you got all the rib part and then you plus got you got the rib tip pieces all up there in the end too Mm. so that made for some real sort of grimy eating you know get all up in there and stuff you know it was good yeah and i really enjoyed the fact that they were spares i love spare ribs (laughs) all right and then the last meat star of the show for me the best glad i saved it for last sure enough i mean i'm putting angel hands up right now and this and that just like (laughs) Uh, it so so dang good. I mean, it's like as good as that pulled chicken was. That pulled pork was just magical, and it's like, you know, I, I was dubious because you know it's just pulled pork, it's just mix or whatever, and you don't kind of know what parts of the pork it is or whatever this or that. But man, that sauce and everything is just so tangy, just goes so well together, especially when you mix in a crackling every once in a while. <laughs> <laughs> and. I don't know if you remember me commenting, but I, I I thought that that pork was almost with that sauce, almost like a refreshing, savory bite with that with that Carolina sauce. Man, I I I don't remember you saying that, but I I I can definitely see where you're coming from. It's like the fattiness of the pork and then the the acidity of the sauce, and it just blended so well together. And and we I don't know if we talked about the two sauces too much. Basically, his original sauce is real peppery. The other sauce that he called was like more spicy, but also same had that same peppery. And I know I kept switching them. I, I liked them both. You know, they were interchangeably great. And it's just you just wanted to keep eating with either one of them. Agree. Yeah. The other sauce I didn't care for too much. It was more like a ketchup base type or tomato base. Yeah, it was a little bit thicker, kind of more what I was anticipating a barbecue sauce to on the table like that to be. 
but I ended up liking the just the vinegary sauce the best. Yeah. So, I mean, the pulled pork was out of sight, out of sight. And, you know, I had to take, I had to ask the guy, take us back there. You know, let's see the kitchen and let's see what's going on. Because I know I had a chance to go back there before and I really wanted to make sure Wes got to see that. And so uh, what'd you find, Wes? What'd you think? Yeah, so it's a commercial kitchen, pretty good size. But what impressed me the most is all along the, like the back wall, they had, I would guess what? Four, five of four. these, four of these uh, uh, whole hog cookers. They were kind of a, you know, big flat cooking grid to where you could, you know, lay a whole hog down and then kind of close the lid over it to um, cook all these whole hogs all at once. But then they had right next to that, they had, it looked like a fireplace, but they were burning their, their sticks there to get them down to embers and nice. kind of, uh, and, and hot coals so that they could kind of feed the fires with that. Uh, very, very incredible operation. You know, what, what you would expect a legit barbecue place would have. Yeah. It, it was probably a little bit fancier even just because, yeah, you can tie the hog down and cook them like that. But then also there was a little lever where you can then rotate the whole hog, man. Like, yeah. it was just like, man, yeah. while it's on there already, you know? Yeah. I forgot you showed us that. Yeah. They had all the wire wire down so that they could, you know, hold the kind of the pig together while it was being flipped and whatnot. But yeah, you could flip the whole rack. And, and then they mopped the pig with the same Rodney Scott sauce mm-hmm. as the mm-hmm. cooking was going through. And then we we did, I did ask one of the questions. I was like, okay, when the hog is done, what piece are you going for first? I, I asked one of the, one of the cooks in the kitchen. And I think he said it was like right up in the shoulder, he said, or something like that, right? Mm-hmm. Shoulder yep. blade or something like that. Ham yep. hawk or something. <laughs> nice. I got to know that when I cook my own whole hog one day. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Fantastic experience. I really got a chance to enjoy with Wes, too. And it was just, uh, I mean, it was funny because I think we ate that for lunch. And I don't think we ate again the rest of the day. <laughs> no, yeah, we ate much later, but, yeah, it was a much later. We ate, a like, a Frankie late meal that, that day. Yeah. A little midnight snack. <laughs> <laughs> we did, but, you know, big, big ups to Rodney Scott's barbecue and... You know, if you ever around any one of them, I think there's like three of the restaurants now, a couple in the Carolinas, and then you got the one here in Atlanta. It's it's definitely worth a try. It's not your regular barbecue that you might think. And I think that was the one thing that I really wanted to show Wes and even, you know, sort of like reaffirm for myself, you know, that barbecue is, there's no, there's no straight line to what barbecue is. And there's so many different ways to make it great. And even I was saying that, like, I might not even consider this barbecue. This is just really good food. Like, you know, it's like it's smoked and pulled and mixed with sauce and this and that. And it's all the things that I don't typically do when I barbecue. But it doesn't matter. It was fantastic. Yeah. Legitimately unique experience for me. Like, I never had anything like that before. So excellent choice. Then, yeah. If you're ever in West Atlanta. to open one in Fresno. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he he seemed amused by that. 
All right, guys. Well, shoot. Hopefully, uh, hopefully enjoy that and you get a chance to try it yourself one day. And, uh, you know, hey, email us. Let us know what you think. You know, hit us up. I mean, I'm at J at the grill coach dot com. J.A.Y. at the grill coach dot com. And, uh, you know, we'd love to share what you uh, what you experience. So before we get back into, you know, the main topic, barbecue horror stories, uh, let's go through some listener questions. All right. Let's see. Our first question tonight uh, is in response to a post you had put on Instagram and you were cooking uh, some ribs on your Traeger. Uh, and they asked, is that foil underneath the grates to help with cleaning? And if not foil, would foil be a good or bad idea? So the foil is a great idea, in my opinion. You know, when we're cooking on anything where it's an indirect surface, all of the grease and sauce, you know, miss pieces of rubs or whatever, that's going to fall onto a cooking surface and it's going to hot. It's going to get hot and it's going to cook right there. And it's going to be one of those things that never goes away. You know, and some people think those things are seasoning of your cooker, but no, it's not. You know, it's <laughs> not when it's just clumps of stuff. You know what I mean? That's not seasoning, you know, so that stuff will catch there. And uh, but, you know, so it's important that, you know, you be able to clean that off, you know, and unless you're going to clean it like every time while it's hot, because that's the only time really to get it clean is while it's hot and scrape stuff off or something like that. If you want to avoid that, just lay some foil down. You know, I put two layers of foil and then sometimes when I'm ready to clean it off, I just take off the top layer. If the second layer of foil is still good, I'll just, you know, I just lay it on there on top again. But it's real easy to just sort of ball that up all the way. And it's just like all that nasty extra residue, things like that. And even once you get too much of it on there, because I've done that, too, because I'm kind of the lazy barbecue cook, (laughs) uh, that stuff will cook and smoke itself. And it will put like some bad odors on your meat, you know, and it's like, I'm like, where is that coming from? And it's like, it's all this old crap down here that's smoking now and adding to the flavors of what I'm cooking. So, um, yeah, the foil is a must. That's a good tip. And that's Frankie, you put foil on that Ranger? Uh, I don't, but I am going to uh, start doing so. (laughs) (laughs) Cause yeah, cause I have to, I clean it every time. I like scrape it or before I start the next cook, I scrape it down, but it doesn't get everything. So uh-huh. I'm doing that. Okay. So that's for the, the, that tray, but how, how often do you clean underneath like that tray? Like, do you have to do that often? Uh, I don't have a good science for this one. Um, but sometimes my, like the ash in the cooker, if I start seeing it floating around, That'll usually just be like a mental note. Like I got to probably get under there and vacuum all the ash up. But, um, while it's but cold sometimes. Well, yeah. Yeah. While yeah. It's cold. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, sometimes, you know, I, I don't, you know, like I, I've seen people say every three or four cooks, but I mean, every cook is different, you know, like, you know, cause if you're cooking a lot, real high heat and you're burning through a lot of pellet, I think it's all about the ash production. And I really don't know how much ash production I'm going through or how much is in there because, there will be unburnt ash stuck in your fire tube. And so, uh, you know, and I don't know like how that might even affect your efficiency sometimes, you know, with the pellet cooker. And so, um, especially though, I will try to clean it before really long cooks because I don't want anything to happen in between there. So I, I really try to sometimes think about what I'm about to cook. Um, and then the other thing on the new Traeger's, you know, the Traeger screen every once in a while, when you start it up, it'll say 
that fire pot won't clean itself. You know, so it's got, <laughs> it's got a couple of smart ass messages in there. You know what I mean? To remind you like, yeah, you, you gotta, you gotta clean this thing every once in a while. So. That's it's like funny. that was meant for you. Or <laughs> it's very good. And you know what? And I got a, I got a news update for the grill coach. You guys thought I would never calibrate the pellets on my cooker. And I did it one day. Oh my goodness. Uh, I, I finally calibrated it, you know, because as soon as it says calibrate, it says, okay, empty all the pellets out your hopper. That is a pain in the butt trying to take all the pellets out the hopper. You know, I mean, they have a little door on the back and things like that. And now I'm trying to capture all these pellets. So I did it, right? Okay. Then it says, okay, you know, press this button and then put your hand over the sensor. Okay. That's it. You're done. It took me like a whole five seconds. <laughs> I was like, I avoided this for like a year and a half because it took five seconds. So, I, so anyways, uh, I'm calibrating I'm in, now. I, I'm not impressed anymore. I take back my <laughs> yeah. my astonishment. Uh, all right. Okay, Frankie, next question. All right, let's see. Next question is, my first brisket seemed to stall at 195 for the longest time. I couldn't hit that 203 temp. First stall was around 165, and once I let the bark develop to my liking, I wrapped it and put it back on. Uh, it sat for it sat at 195 for three hours, more than I expected. Uh, I was patient, but the end result was it dried out. And mm. That's an interesting story, man. I, I think there's more to it that we don't know about. Care to speculate? Okay, I don't know how you can be get the same temperature the whole time, and then it's and then it goes to drying out. You know, um, and so especially I think that I don't know if you're probing the same spot or maybe it's just still in there in the same spot. Maybe the, the sensor probe. I don't know if it's could it be in like a fatty part that maybe that I don't I don't even know if that really would change temperature. But um, could it be that the thermometer is not calibrated? And I, my, my gut was thinking when I read this the first time, like, what temperature are you cooking at? You know, mm. if the if, too. if the chamber temperature isn't hot enough, you know, say we're at two twenty five, maybe maybe it says two twenty five, but maybe the cooker's running a little maybe bit. Maybe it's running at two hundred or something. Yeah, like and yeah, you wouldn't, you would almost never see that two hundred three temp if it wasn't. Not yeah, now you're not really yeah, you're not really cooking. You're just dehydrating. Mm-hmm. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yes, that, that that's a good point. So yeah, we don't we don't know that either. And and the other thing I think that especially with brisket, I don't think it's so much more temperature than it is feel. You know, I, it's about when you push the sensor into the flat that you can tell the difference by feel. And so so it's like if he went to this part, or or maybe she went to this part and it went and went to the dried out part. at some point in time, you hit the tenderness you wanted, And, and maybe like that, that was just missed. And like we were, he was dependent on just what the number said on that dial and not maybe using the rest of your senses, you know, to like, see, Hey, what, what's going on. So you're looking for when you push that thermometer probe into the flat, it's going to just slide in there like sliding into maybe a stick of butter. A stick of butter. Yep, exactly. And it just, they're so distinctly different if you're temping 
at 195 and then if you temp it another hour from now you know or something of that nature it's at certain point it loosens up and you can just tell but you have to just go through by feel with that and you have you can't just sort of rely on the data that mm. you're getting yep hopefully that helps all right well you know let's do a quick segment on the grill coach recommends so you know i finally loosed myself of those tumbleweeds and I bought me a charcoal starter with the fire ring that uh, I, I've been wanting for a long time, ever since I left California. And I think Frankie needs that, too, because Frankie's sitting here messing around with balls of paper. <laughs> balls of paper. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I think that's the thing. You know, the these other tools are great, but when you run out, it's a pain in the butt to get them. So it's like, all right, I bit the bullet, bought me the ring for $30 and now I'm always going to have it. I just need to be able to plug it in and go five minutes and I'm good to go. So uh, that's going to be our recommends today. You know, I already got mine. Frankie, you can get yours. I, and I, I have to confess, I was impressed on how fast that started the fire. I was, I was pretty excellent. Nice. Any day we can impress West, man, that's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, you know what? We've been going carrying on too long with this. We got to take a quick break. We're going to come back, talk barbecue horror stories for 2021. <laughs> Hey everyone, I'm Rusty Monson and I am sitting here with the Anthony Lujan, hosts of the Pitmasters podcast. And you're listening to the Grill Coach podcast with Jay, Wes, and Frankie. Jay, there's so many choices out there when it comes to pellets. As someone new to pellet cookers, what should I look for in buying pellets? You want to make sure what you're buying is 100% natural hardwood, low moisture, and kiln dried. This helps the pellets burn for that clean smoke that we talk about so often on our show. Are there special types of pellets for different proteins? Like what's good for beef? So I personally like to use something that has, you know, dark colors or a heavy flavor. So it'd be like cherry or pecan or something like that. And as a matter of fact, the Bear Mountain cherry pellets are the first ones I fell in love with like 10 years ago is using that. I felt like that was the one pellet that was always good quality and then really kind of convinced me that I can live using a pellet cooker all the time. Bear Mountain pellets are top notch. They're uh, an enthusiastic group. They're really dedicated to the craft and, and really just as excited about things as we are. We are proud to support Bear Mountain Barbecue and recommend them for your next outdoor cooking experience. Check out their pellets at bearmountainbarbecue.com and pick up some pellets today. Tell them we sent you and use our discount code GRILLCOACH20 at checkout for a 20% discount on your purchase. Welcome back to the Grill Coach Podcast. Today is our Barbecue Horror Stories 2021. Favorite, favorite show, right? Favorite show. Favorite show. I love a good disaster <laughs> horror story. I don't know what it is. I've had many of these myself. But I love, misery loves company, I guess. That's what it is. You just know, hey, I'm not alone. I'm not the only one messed up something, you know. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> so I, first I wanted to thank everybody uh, for sending in your horror stories. We got a great response from, from everyone. I just I was blown away by how much, how many stories we got. And, uh, and I, I can't wait to share them with you guys. I was going to read them on uh, on today's show here and we were going to go through and pick a winner and what's the what's the winner get for the best story 
six months worth of Bear Mountain barbecue pellets. You can get bags of pellets or you can get the smokums, even if you don't have a pellet cooker, you know, but we'll hook you up with them and tell us what flavors you want and uh, send them your way. Dang, I forgot to submit my story. I, I almost had a pellets. <laughs> Grill coaches not eligible. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. All right. So you guys want to jump into the stories? Let's go. Let's do it. All right, so the first one I got is from Glenn Z. He says, uh, my horror story was trying to impress my girlfriend. I was about 20 years old, and I thought I was a pretty good cook. I was working as a butcher at the time, so I selected and cut the perfect rib steaks. I seasoned them and got the coals hot on a small Weber grill. Once I got the steaks on the grill, I got sidetracked by the girl showing up early. I was rushing around to make her feel welcome and get the side dishes ready. I forgot about the steaks on the grill. They were charred like they had been in a four alarm blaze. I was so oh. upset. I forgot the sides <laughs> on the stove and burnt those up as well. Oh, dang. Thank goodness. <laughs> thank goodness for restaurants, he says. <laughs> oh, wow, man. You know, that's one of those meals you've been planning for all day. You, you're, you're the butcher. You're like, I'm taking those. You know what I mean? And yep. you're making sure nobody else grabs them. And it's like, yeah, these these are gonna be mine. And yep. then and then, man. Amazing what, you know, he, he's got that? this hot date come over and he gets distracted. Now all that <laughs> all that common sense goes out the window, right? Yeah. <laughs> hey, does she know that she messed up that dinner? Like, you know, like <laughs> <laughs> You know, cause, cause he probably, if he's trying to impress, so he probably wasn't saying, girl, you messed me up. You know what I mean? He probably didn't say that cause he's still trying to impress, you know, no. but, uh, he was trying to, you know, leave it alone, but he could have probably tell her go somewhere, you know, <laughs> Dang. <laughs> we need some ice, go get some ice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. But yeah, I, I like this one cause it doesn't, it wasn't like our, our previous episode where, you know, Trying something new. Well, maybe he was trying something new, but it wasn't like for a new love. Yeah, it wasn't for. Yeah. <laughs> it was wasn't for the a holiday. He's not cooking for a bunch of people, or whatever. And you know, the clock's not on his side. He just got distracted. This is this is what happened here. Yeah. Oh man, that was such a good line. Like, man, girl, you're so beautiful. I couldn't even cook the food right. You know, just and, and ooh, I, that's I, good. I, yeah. <laughs> I imagine as he's saying that, there's this you know giant raging fire in his backyard just coming up from the Weber. She's like, "Ooh, is that a new way to do those?" <laughs> oh, all right. Good job, Glenn. <laughs> so the the next one I got is from Jordan H. And so Jordan, I called him, if you recall, I called him out on a highlight one time. Uh, he's okay. the guy that sent us in on the BY, BYOB, the Build Your Own Barbecue. He's, he's the guy that sent okay. us the pictures of his uh, family's custom whole hog pit. Oh, yes. Yes, I remember. So he, he sent me a, uh, a story uh, so he wasn't sure if it was a horror story, but I kind of liked the spirit of where this was, so I wanted to share it. So he had to... Uh, it's exciting. Give it yep. to us. So he, he says, if I had to identify a horror story, it's when we restarted this tradition 10 years or so ago, being the whole hog cooking. He says, my uncle had convinced me that the pig and fire needed to be babysat through the wee hours of the night. Being the only one that wasn't so old 
that I fall asleep in a recliner every night, but also old enough to be reasonably responsible, that fell to him. After a few years of seeing the sun come up and consuming way too many whiskeys, been there, uh, I got older, or I got smarter and older and decided that wasn't really necessary anymore if I managed the fire appropriately. So later on, he kind of found out that he could do that you know, with gadgets and whatnot from maybe inside, mm. away from the fire. My fantasy yeah. is he learned, he got all those suggestions from the grow coach and no. Oh yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. It's definitely all through our sites and everything. Yep. <laughs> and so he kind of chalked it up to maybe the, uh, the old snipe hunt. You guys ever been a, had to go on a snipe hunt before? No. What's a snipe? So it's a, f- fictional creature that you must hunt at midnight in the tall grass with flashlights and uh Ah. (laughs) so his elders were playing jokes on him maybe a little bit of hazing there okay yeah yeah get out there youngster yeah stressful evening of managing that fire that's probably not going to go out very easily There are worse oh, things wow. than, than drinking whiskey, tending a fire in the middle of the night, Jordan. I'll just say that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. All right. Thanks for that, Jordan. The next one we got is from Christopher S. He says, after listening to your homemade base- bacon recipe, I decided to try for myself. He says, turns out paying attention to the recipe is really important. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> When I calculated my salt ratio for the brine based on the meat's weight, I decided to ignore a very important decimal. The (gasps) the recipe called for 2.5%, which I translated to 25% in my head. He said... Wow. (laughs) Small difference there. (laughs) He said that one was pretty salty. Luckily, my wife is a is kind of a cooking wizard and realized that potatoes can handle a lot of salt and we were able to make an amazing breakfast hash (laughs) using that bacon without it tasting too salty. Uh, He also toasted and also toasted tomato sandwiches, which were able to absorb the sodium quite nicely as well. So kind of a horror story with a happy ending. Um, Okay. I love the save right here, man. I mean, you know, as barbecue cooks, you learn, like, you know, to save things, you know? It's like, what can I do? And, and man, a hash is a great way to hide, you know, some imperfections in some meat. Well, we got to give Christopher's wife the credit for that one. Hey, it's a team. Take two to team tango. Game. <laughs> <laughs> he he, did. he got the horror story. She got the savior. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> he, he, uh, he also added that they corrected the ratios and he's he he said he will not be buying store-bought bacon anymore nice all right and so we got like a grill coach winner you know that he learned from the show and started doing it on his own and man great for him good job yeah so that was our friend nick uh when he came on the show he kind of showed us how to do the homemade bacon so nick if you're listening that's uh you got one there good job episode 58 no, I don't know what episode it is. I was impressed. <laughs> Fake it till you make it, baby. <laughs> All right, who else we got? So our friend Don 
Dawn Chiefs, she sent one in. She sent in a few, but uh, I, I... What? Yeah, okay. I, she sent in a few stories, but... Uh, uh, I, I like the one that she sent in. She says, uh, one day, getting ready to cook, I turned on the propane bottle, then turned on the burners and hit the ignition switch at the same time I was opening the lid. A mouse came running across the grates toward me. I dropped the lid and turned off the burners while screaming. We opened the grill and looked all over inside, under and around, but never found the mouse. He's like, yes, I know you are supposed to open the lid before you light the grill. I was kind of cheating by lighting and opening the lid simultaneously. She speculated this was God scaring me into doing it the right way. <laughs> <laughs> so so how does, so opening the lid, does that give a chance for the mouse to leave before you light? Like, does, does the mouse and opening the lid have anything to do together? I think it's the, you don't want the gas to kind of build up, build up, build up, and then you're going to have this big boom if it, yeah. Okay, and then a bunch of oxygen rush in because you open it up, and yeah, boom. Kind of like Bon Appetit when she burned her hair on the big green egg. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah, that story. Interesting. So, proper thing. Open up, let the mice, let the mice run out, or give them a chance to get away, then light it. <laughs> <laughs> I like that that's a thing. Dang. How how freaked out would I be if a mouse came running out of my cooker? Oh, I'd be how dead. It, yeah. Be, I would probably scream too. And then I would look <laughs> around and make sure nobody saw me. <laughs> and, it, and then, yeah, man, that's just, oh, that, that's strange. If he doesn't get away, does he just get cooked in there? Yeah, what if, what if she didn't open the lid and she just lit it up? Yeah, she's like, hey, smelling good out here. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> wow, all right. Uh, good one, good one. Dawn also submitted a really uh, a really funny story about a time she had to call 911. Uh, she talked about it on her episode, though, that was released uh, around June, episode 55. We'll drop a link to it in the episode description. I encourage everyone to check it out because it's really funny. Good call, right. And yeah. that, that's actually episode 55. He meant that. Like It is West fact yeah. checked it for me. <laughs> <laughs> so thanks, Don. So the next one we got is from Sean M. Sean says, I had been smoking some pork ribs. Time had gotten away from me, so we were getting into the late evening. The ribs were done glazing. Is this hitting home for you, Frankie? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> The ribs too were soon, done glazing. <laughs> <laughs> the ribs were done glazing, so I lifted the lid and grabbed up the two amazing racks and took them into the kitchen. Like any self-respecting backyard grill master, oh, I like that. Mm. I started taking pictures of the racks. Yep, can relate. Yep. Oh yeah, yeah. After that, I sliced them up and sat down to eat them. After finishing eating, I fell asleep. Can anybody speculate oh. where this? That's a great story, right? Let's move yeah, on. Happy ending. Happy ending. Next story. <laughs> Just kidding. No. Sean continues. I think I woke up about an hour later in a panic. I had left my pellet smoker on with the lid open. I came out to the grill throwing so much smoke you could see it in the street lights. <laughs> I closed the lid and shut it down. The smoke just kept coming. But now it was also coming from the pellet hopper. Oh, the wow. 
Then I made the mistake of opening the lid to the hopper. The whole hopper was smoldering and now caught fire. I immediately closed the hopper lid and armed myself with the garden hose. I never needed the hose, but needless to say, the cooker was done. What happened was called burn back. I think, uh, oh, Frankie, didn't wow. you experience this recently too in your uh, in the Ranger? Yeah, just remind me of what's something that happened. Uh, yeah, one of my first cooks. I didn't have an official name for it, but yeah, sounds burn. exactly like what happened. Burn, burn back. back. Yeah. So, so when did I, it fry the controller or something now? Or? He's, he continues, when I left the lid open to the smoker, or when I left the lid open, the smoker tried to maintain the set temp and eventually went full throttle. And as far as I can imagine, it was like that for like two hours. The pellet auger assembly got so hot that the pellets in the auger caught fire and it burned back into the hopper. So a new pellet smoker later, I always shut my grill down and take my meat off. Lesson learned. <laughs> Ouch. Dang, so his ribs gave him the itis and he fell asleep. <laughs> That's how good they was. <laughs> that was some good ribs. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. I I read this story like three times and I always laughed when he talked about walking out. I just see the 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 panic set in when he walks out and you, you've got the street lights that are enveloped in in pellet smoke. It looked like it's fog outside, but no, it's really because of your, <laughs> your pellet smoker. It's pretty but awesome. Dude, how, how crazy is that to imagine? You got a hopper full of pellets and they're on fire. Yeah. Like, uh, I mean, I just feel like, would that just rage like crazy? Especially if you left it open. You know, you said he yeah. closed it right away, but shoo. Yeah, I mean, that's a fuel source, right? Yeah, it just goes up like crazy. So, so yeah, so you left it open, and now you're losing so much temperature. Your temperature sensor just going crazy, like, oh, you know, we need to keep firing, keep firing. Dang. Brutal. That sounds stressful. Yeah. So, thanks, Sean. Hey, he got a new cooker, though. Yeah. Silver lining. <laughs> Did he get the same one? Did he upgrade? <laughs> upgrade. <laughs> get a little bigger? Good question. <laughs> Hey, he's like, hey, 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 I need to get another one. I need, you know, like, I, you know, I burned that one up. Like, you want to oh, eat, right? You want to yeah. eat, right? Yeah. Oh, shucks. I burned that one up. It's all used up. So next story is uh, from Walter. Walter, he, he kind of jabbed at us, getting a kick out of us three California guys cooking in the, the air quote winter. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so he he, uh, he he sent us some pics of his house in New Jersey after 18 inches of snow, followed by a week of freezing temperatures. And so, truth be wow. told, never had to deal with that, Walter. Yeah. I'll admit it. Yeah, you you <laughs> win, buddy. You win. He said, but he really wanted to grill. So he's uh, uh, talking about you know our winter show where prepare. Yeah. He's like, so he was given some tips um, on how to kind of prepare for that. Maybe we'll sh figure out a way to share those. But this is the horror stories, Walter. I wanted a horror story. But Walter did deliver after he got done lecturing me on, on how uh, cold California was not and New Jersey was. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> so Walter did, did deliver on a story. He says... Uh, He'll let us decide whether this was a disaster or not. 
Uh, he says, I got a small A-smoke pellet cooker this spring. It has been really fun to use. One weekend this summer, I used it to make bacon-wrapped jalapeno poppers. Delicious. They turned out fabulous. The next day, I started up the cooker to make something. As it warmed up, I noticed more smoke than normal coming out of it. I went to check and found flames coming out of the cooker lid. I opened the lid and found the entire right side of the cooker on fire. I could have used a hose, but I thought that it was a grease fire, and by using the water, that would be very bad. I could have broken out the fire extinguisher, but I didn't want to worry about those chemicals messing up future cooks. So I shut the lid, unplugged it, and waited for the fire to die out. Afterwards, I figured out what happened. There must have been enough debris, pellet dust, char bits, etc., in the drain channels where the bacon fat did not completely drain out. This solidified overnight and made a perfect fire starter. Fortunately, the cooker still works fine. The only sign of the event is char marks on the outside of the grill. Ooh, experience marks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I thought this one was appropriate because of the uh, one of the questions we got earlier. The the foil that might have yeah might have might have helped with this situation, huh? Yeah. yeah, it's probably just so much caught in there. Yep, you miss out. This you know, I really love the thought process of don't use a wire hose, don't use a fire extinguisher. Yeah, in the heat of the moment, right? That was some uh that was some wise what wise acting, I guess, or experience uh, uh, showing. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, some cool, calm and collected. Yeah, I would have freaked out probably. Yeah. <laughs> you know. And by the way, this is the reason why I, I only cook bacon on my pellet grill once. <laughs> <laughs> Because, uh, yeah, I, I thought I was cool and put bacon and laid it out. And I don't know what happened, but I came back and all my bacon was just fried to a crisp. It was just burn as can be. And I, I figured, yeah, something must have just caught fire. And and this, this just went up like crazy. So I never tried it again. <laughs> <laughs> bacon doesn't go on my pellet cooker. I think it just puts too much grease out, you know, and you get a little puddle of grease. And then it's like. And it, it doesn't does, take that much to ignite that. Yeah. So thanks, Walter. Yeah, loved it. Hey, Frankie, uh, you know, since we finished, don't you owe us a, a story here uh, for our show that you teased last time? Oh, dang, you heard that? <laughs> I, I, I listened. Dang, I was hoping no one uh, remembered. Uh, yeah, so, okay, so this just actually happened a couple weeks ago, and it was, um, okay, so I think, to set the scene we all know i kind of live in a really small little uh place here in, in san diego and we don't get much you know rain but over the last few weeks it's been kind of very sporadically you know raining and whatnot so i've gotten the good habit of covering all my grills and i, I move my like charcoal inside so it doesn't get drenched uh in the you know in the elements so it was a long weekend uh i you know after a a weekend of fun. I, uh, you know, got in a little trouble. Drinking. Yeah, you know. <laughs> and uh, I was like, okay, well, you know what? I'll make amends to Daniel and I'll clean the entire house because he had to go to work on that holiday Monday and I didn't. And so I was like, okay, fine. So I spent all day cleaning. I'm like, I mopped the floors. I've like done every, all the laundry in the house. And I'm like, okay, you know, maybe I'll make some dinner later. Um, no problem. Uh, so I, take a little break. I walk back into the kitchen because that's where my washing machine is. And 
it is uh, leaking all over the place, like all over oh, the place. No. Huh. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, no. And so I go, oh, shoot. Like my charcoal is like right next to the the washing machine as well. So I was like, oh, let me start moving all the stuff over. I pick up that bag of charcoal and it falls. The bottom falls out and it goes everywhere <laughs> and it's lump charcoal. So it's like not even nice, clean briquettes. So and oh. instantly mixes with all the water and like sort of like mud charcoal mud uh. all over my kitchen so it was a mess and so i had to spend the next like hour cleaning that all up again you got all that charcoal dust that sits at the bottom of the bag yep. and it's just uh, all mixed with the water yeah and so in the panic was like okay okay let me flip it upside down because i didn't think it was i was like i don't think i even opened this bag yet and so i'm like okay i got at least got that under control i kind of like do a little triage cleaning and i'm like, okay let me put this i don't know maybe in a in a like trash bag and i'll move it outside so I pick it up to put it in the trash bag. The bag was open, so even more falls out. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's that, that's pretty funny. That's pretty. Funny. It was a mess. Yeah. So no dinner uh, that night. <laughs> all right, all right. Yeah, all right. So man, awesome stories. Before we go, let me just share a short conversation I had with a buddy of mine. His name is Kevin, and I told him, "Yeah, I'm getting ready. You know, we're getting ready to do this show about barbecue horror stories." I said, "Hey, you got anything for me?" And he, he, he likes to cook a lot, and he has a gas grill. And so he said, oh, you know, I did some reverse sear fillets. And, you know, he said something that, you know, like he, he when he was doing his reverse side or doing the indirect side first, well, sorry, it wasn't the indirect side. When he was doing his reverse side first, he overcooked it. And then he seared them off. And then he served them. And then his 12-year-old daughter was like, Daddy, this is not medium rare. Oh. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> yeah. And, and then I even asked him, I said, so, so what one, I, how did you mess it up? You know, I said like, you know, when you did the reverse side, what temperature did you cook up to? Well, I, I don't know. I just kind of let them go. I said, you don't have a meat thermometer. <laughs> you know? So immediately I sent him our blog post on meat thermometer. Man, <laughs> buy one right now, you know, and, <laughs> And then he says, he says, well, you know, I don't know if that was really the problem. I think the problem is when I did the reverse sear, I had all the burners on when, and I was like, what? Like, you know, you don't have an indirect and a direct side, like, you know? So then I immediately sent him the blog for that post too, you know, <laughs> have an indirect, direct cooking, <laughs> you know? So I'm like, you know, and he was like, oh, man, why did you tell me this? I mean, man, you know, I talk about this stuff on the show all the time. Like, how are you making these mistakes? You know? So, uh, you know. Uh, hopefully he's learned and hopefully he's got through our stuff so so far you know what he did too he complained about reading so then i actually even sent him the blog that when we talked about it and we read it on the podcast <laughs> no excuses no excuse no excuses <laughs> yeah all right well anyway everybody thanks for those you know we're going thanks for those stories so we're going to huddle up during this break we're going to discuss which one of these stories is deserving of the six months of pellets from bear mountain barbecue and we'll be right back. Hi, this is Frankie from the Grill Coach Podcast. And I just wanted to take a moment and give a huge thank you to all of our listeners. We are trying to create a community where we can learn, teach, and share the amazing world of grilling and barbecue. And we couldn't do that without you. If you've been with us since episode one or just joining the Grill Coach team today, we can use your help in building this community and sharing our mission. Please take a moment to subscribe. Give us a five-star rating 
Leave us some love in the comments and share our podcast with your friends and family. As a new and growing podcast, there's no better way to support us. And don't forget, we want to hear from you. Have a question? Grow Coach Challenge? Let us know. You can find us online at thegrowcoach.com or on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Patreon at The Grow Coach. And we're back to the Grow Coach Podcast. Thanks everyone for tuning in today as we talked Barbecue Horror Stories 2021 edition. I'd also like to take a moment to thank all of our patrons. Without your support, we couldn't do a lot of the good work that we're doing. I encourage everyone to go check out the website, growcoach.com. There you can find information uh, about our podcast, recipes, and lots of helpful blogs to avoid your barbecue horror stories in the future. Uh, so right now I'm going to pass over to Wes to queue up our winner for the show. All right. Can we get a drum roll? Just kidding. No. Drum roll? Yeah. No. I mean, you think Frank has got all the fancy toys. Maybe those. Uh, yeah, I want the DJ horns. <laughs> DJ horns. Okay. DJ horns. <laughs> so after much deliberation and voting and going back and forth and, you know, raised voices and crying and <laughs> we settled on the winner for uh, our barbecue horror story of the year. And this this barbecue horror story or this year's winner is going to be Sean M and his pellet smoker disaster story. Burn back, man. I'm going to be saying that forever now. Burn, burn back. Burn I just back. love that term. <laughs> so, Sean, thanks for the legendary story. We'll make sure and uh, get in contact with you about those pellets. Congratulations. And, uh, well, you got a, you got a brand new pellet cooker. And, I don't... And, and, and more pellets more now pellets. coming your way. Yeah. Like, try all the flavor. Better get on their website. Check it out. So, congrats, Sean. And thank you, everyone, for your submissions this year. Uh, this is really this has been a really fun episode. Special shout out to Chris, your salty homemade bacon win uh, was definitely a contender. <laughs> <laughs> all right, everybody, thanks for those. Wes, man, really appreciate you putting that all together and and reading, sharing that with us. And you know, Frankie, thanks for always editing and making us sound magical on the show. And uh, just want to take this time to, even if we have you know disasters and whatever out there on the grill cooking outside i still want you to never miss an opportunity to get, get out, out there, there and, grill. Grill. and don't forget to check us out on facebook instagram and twitter at the grill coach also check out our blog at thegrillcoach.com for more episodes of our podcast as well as other great grilling related content Oh yes, it's about that time to light it up and go outside. We're chilling, grilling up sides and drinks, rubs and recipes and cooking techniques. Outdoor cooking, grilling, smoke and barbecue. So much flavor to teach and learn and share with you. Grill Coaches Podcast to level up your game with Frankie West and Jay.